Buenos dias. Como estas? Good morning. How are you? Uh, my wife and I went to Costa Rica a couple weeks ago. I know you're jealous. And uh, ever since then, I've been speaking ninth grade level Spanish to my dogs. And uh, I think you're in luck today. I'm going to preach this whole sermon in ninth grade level Spanish. No, I'm playing. Um, guys, welcome to Riverside. My name is Brian Doback. Uh, today, we're going to have a heart-to-heart. I know we love heart-to-hearts. Guys, I know you love heart-to-heart conversations. Um, in our marriage group, we, uh, we're going through this book uh, by Kyle Eidelman called Not a Fan. And it's about, about, being, it's about being completely committed followers of Jesus. And in the first chapter, he... Uh, kind of outlines uh, the DTR. You guys know what the DTR is? Determine the relationship conversation that boyfriends and girlfriends have with each other early in the relationship. And it's like, it's, it's a really sensitive and dicey, touchy conversation. Nobody likes having it, especially guys. Um, but it's the DTR and he parallels it with uh, the relationships with our boyfriends and girlfriends and he parallels it with Jesus. You know, at at some point in our walk, usually it's early on in our walk with Jesus, we have the DTR with him. You know, he, he initiates it. He's like, let's be real here. Like, let's determine the relationship right now. And I think today, you know, we're going to determine the, our relationship with Jesus today. Uh, that's kind of deep, I know. Um, probably every sermon, there's a DTR conversation. Every sermon's a DTR um, I tend to think deeply. Uh, I, I like to have deep talks. My wife would tell you that I like deep talks. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the, uh, back in like the 90s on SNL, there's like that skit, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. <laughs> you remember that? That's kind of like me. Um, it can be borderline annoying sometimes to my <laughs> wife, I'm sure, but preaching's perfect for me because <laughs> It's like a perfect excuse to be really deep and get away with it. Um, so, guys, let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll open up uh, to the scripture. God, we just thank you so much for bringing us all here together uh, under this roof, Lord. This is your roof. Um, God, I just pray that you just get me out of the way. Um, and when people see me up here, they see Jesus. God, uh, give, people, uh, give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear uh, your message today and to boldly go forward um, and walk out those doors and into the week uh, as more committed followers uh, of you, Jesus. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, if you could open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. It'll be up here on the screen, too. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I'm not going to wrap this scripture like my last sermon. I don't know if you were here for my last one. I... <laughs> scripture says this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. 
And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. This scripture is pretty deep. Would you say so? It goes into uh, you know, some different directions here, um, but we're really going to get to the heart of the matter here uh, today. Guys, I have, a, I have a Chevrolet Tahoe that's two-wheel drive. Don't ask me why. <laughs> An SUV two-wheel drive up here is bad news. Uh, back when my wife and I lived in Georgia, I got this Tahoe, and you know, we didn't know we would be moving up to this snowy dump up here. So <laughs> should have gotten the four-wheel drive. But hey, we're up here, and it's all good. The Tahoe does good enough. So I don't know if you guys remember in December, uh, we had that ice storm. It was on a Saturday night. You guys remember that? Yeah, there was an ice storm. Um, a Saturday night, my wife and I are driving back from my parents' house in Westchester, and uh, we, we get to my street, and I like to back into my driveway. Don't, I like to back into parking spots, and I don't, don't ask me why. It's just like a thing. I think a lot of guys like to back into their spots. So I'm, I'm getting ready to back into our driveway, and all of a sudden, my car just dies on me. I'm right in the middle of the road, diagonal, right at the beginning of the driveway. I'm blocking the road. My car is just dead. It just dies on me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's just a terrible night. I mean, it's raining ice at this point. And long story short, you know, the, it's 11 o'clock at night. The, the tow truck doesn't come till 2 a.m. So I'm up till 2 a.m. waiting for this tow truck. And long story short, I get the Tahoe eventually to the Chevrolet dealership. Uh, a couple days later, and what happened was is water got into the gas tank. You guys know about that? Water got into the gas tank, and what happened was the water, it iced over the fuel pump, and it hardened the fuel pump. So the fuel pump was like this, it was just like this hardened, icy block, and it wouldn't allow, it, it just completely debilitated my car. Like, it just debilitated its function, guys. So our cars are designed to operate on gas only, right? So if any kind of water gets into the tank, the water is like, it's like a wrench in the system. And it renders the car incapable of operating, it's as it should, if at all. So what I'm trying to say is, we're designed to operate on God's presence right? But we have sin in us. 
And the sin is like a wrench in the system. And it hardens our hearts, right? It hardens our hearts, and it renders us incapable of operating as we should, if at all, certainly not as God wants us to. Certainly not as God wants us to. So sin, sin is debilitating. It's debilitating, and we can't get it out ourselves. We can't just take it to a dealership and just pay somebody to get it out. Something bigger has to happen here. Guys, sin, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get us to understand how, how serious sin is. I mean, it is penetrating. It's so potent. Last March, my wife and I, we moved into our first house. So we're in like, you know, this, this mode, like first house mode. You know, she's like nesting and doing all her cute, cutesy things with rooms and stuff. And, you know, me, like as a guy, this is my first like crib. You know, this is my first property. <laughs> You know, like, I'm just, like, I'm in, like, builder's mode. Like, I'm not, like, a Tom Leopold. Like, I can't, like, build awesome stuff, but, like, I'm just, like, you know, just working on things, like, restoring shelves, you know, like my granddad made back in, like, 60 years ago. And, guys, I, I ha I've had, like, a, a deeper relationship with uh, wood stain. <laughs> wood stain is so powerful. It's so potent. You get it on your clothes, it ain't coming out. <laughs> And I went to clean the brushes, and like I'm in the utility sink in our basement, and I'm trying to like squeeze the stain out of the brushes to save the brushes, and I end up just like trying to squeeze the stain out. I'm like I'm like brushing the utility sink, and stain is I'm staining the utility sink. <laughs> so now there's the stain is on our utility sink to this day. I can't get it out. I can't scratch it out. I can't scrub it out. It's just there, and it's not coming out. Guys, it's just like sin. It's not coming out. It's not coming out by anything we can do. We can't scratch it out or scrub it out. It doesn't work like that. Guys, it's so deeply entrenched in who we are. It's so penetrating and woven into the fabric of who we are as people. It's, and it's, it's exactly what separates us from God. It's why there's this, this, this canyon between us and him. And to be right with him, we must become justified in his eyes. We must become justified in his eyes. So we need something that will make us righteous. Righteous. Okay, now, righteousness. Works of righteousness don't make us righteous to God. Works of righteousness... Don't make us righteous to him. Good works, that's not what makes us righteous to God. We need something entirely outside of ourselves. In fact, a death must occur. A death must occur. That's how serious our sin is. What would you do? What would you do if you loved your child so much. You love your child so much. But you know you need to punish them. You know you need to punish them. And not only that, the punishment that fits the transgression is death. Remember, you love them so much. What do you do? 
Parents, you can probably relate to this a little more than me. I don't have kids. But God's giving us a message here. What do you do? You know what God did. You know what he did. He came down here and he took the punishment himself. That's what he did. He took the punishment himself. That is what makes us righteous. That's what makes us righteous right there. Not works. When we receive Jesus by faith, when we receive Jesus by faith, a transaction occurs. In return, God gives us his righteousness, right? So we become righteous because God's righteousness is transferred over to us by faith. Not works of righteousness. That's how we become righteous, is by faith in Jesus. He gives it freely to us, not because of anything we've done, but it's because of who he is. It's because of who he is. So through the work of Jesus, we're born again. That language in the scripture, we're born again. You've all heard about being born again, right? We're born again, and the battle begins between the flesh and the Holy Spirit. There's a battle that starts, this like tug of war. God's righteousness is so powerful. It's so powerful, it's impossible to not succumb to the convictions of the Holy Spirit. It's a process. But once he, once he has a hold of you, once you give yourself to Jesus, he ain't letting go. You might run away at some point in your life, but he ain't letting go. The power, the power of the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so powerful. Guys, now don't get me wrong. Sin, it's still a part of your life. You still have to deal with the sin in your life. But what happens is, is your relationship with the sin, it changes. Your relationship with the sin changes. And you begin to view sin as God views sin. You begin to hate sin. As you walk, you begin to hate sin, and you begin bearing fruit that resembles God's righteousness. By that, it is evident who are the children of God. By that, it is evident. Guys, John here, he's, he's giving us assurance. It's like, man, I don't know if I'm a child of God. Like, how do I know if I'm a child of God? I mean... I still sin every now and then, but I sin. I can't be a child of God if I'm sinning. How do I know this assurance of being a child of God? Guys, evidence. By this, it is evident. He's, John's giving us, like, proof. When I was a kid, my dad, my dad always believed in me, and he still does, even in the crazy things I'm doing up to this day. Um... You know, when you, I, I guess it's a father-son thing, you know, the, your relationship. As a kid, you just want to, like, impress your dad. Be like, yeah, dad, check this out. Or, you know, I can do this, you know. You just want to impress your dad and show him what you can do. And something my dad would always say is, is the proof is in the pudding. Good. Thank you. The proof is in the pudding. That's what John's doing here. The proof is in the pudding. Now, he uses this, this, this word practice. Practice. Now we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Remember Iverson? Practice. Okay? 
John's talking about like a habit or like a, a, a pattern or a repetition or an exercise of something. And in this context, we're talking about sin. Okay? Now, he gives us two kinds of people. Two kinds of people. It's black and white. God's black and white here. In the world, there's a lot of gray area. Fifty shades of gray in the world. That's not a pun to the movie. Um, Guys, so children of the devil, there's habitual sin in their life. There's a pattern of sin. Remember, they practice sin. There's a repetition of sin, an exercise of sin that goes on and on. I had an old boss in my previous career. You know, my boss, you know, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't like for mistakes to happen. They're going to happen. You don't want them to happen, but they're going to happen. We're not perfect. But what he couldn't stand, and he let us know about it, if, if you're making the same mistake over and over and over and over again, there's a problem, right? There's a problem. It means you're not learning. It means there's not like that conviction inside of you to not make the same mistake again and again and again. That's kind of how this is, what we're talking about, okay? Guys, children of the devil, their activity, it's absent of God's guidance. It's absent of his character, absent of his presence. And then he gives this other kind of person, the child of God, children of God. Now, it's not that they sin no more. Remember what I said earlier. It's, it's not that sin, it's, it's still a part of your life, but your relationship with it changes, right? So rather, with, the, with the children of God, there's no longer a pattern of sin. There's no longer a repetition of sin. There's no longer habitual sin in the life of a child of God because they're abiding in Jesus. Abide. They're abiding in Jesus. Children of God don't recklessly and habitually violate what their anointing has planted within them. Make sense? Guys, children of God are actively assaulting sin in their life and working to gain victory over it. Children of God are building spiritual muscle. Spiritual muscle. That hurt. (laughs) I didn't mean to do it that hard. (laughs) Guys, what do you call, what do you call somebody? You know, like, you you have a kid, and and they're, um, they're, you know, he's just like his dad, or he's just like his mom. He's a chip off the old block. Good. Just a chip off the old block, man. Right? Children resemble their parents in some way. Right? Guys, children of God bear a resemblance to God. They bear a resemblance to his character. We're chips off the old block. That's what children of God are. Chips off the old block. Guys, but... There's a deception out there. There's a deception. You know, people will tell you, you don't need Jesus to be righteous. 
Your works are good. Your works of righteousness are good. Right? You don't need Jesus to be righteous. You can sin as you wish. Don't worry about your sin. God knows your heart. He knows you're a good person. Right? Or you can live by your own personal law. You can do as you see fit. Right? All these things. I'm not going to get into deception too much. So we could preach sermons and sermons on deception. I mean, we could do a whole sermon series on the deceptions out there. You hear them every day. Guys, I want you to ask yourself one thing. When you leave those doors today, am I hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Am I hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Jesus said in the Sermon on the Route, Sermon in the Route, Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Guys, Jesus isn't talking about like, yeah, I'm pretty hungry, I could eat. Or yeah, I'm feeling a little parched. I think a drink of water could be good right now. No, Jesus is talking about being desperate for righteousness and deep-seated, inner, this, just this deep-seated, inner passion in the pit of your soul to be like Him. A deep passion for righteousness. Are we desperate? Are we desperate for righteousness? Are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? I used to be a golf professional, and... I used to work in Georgia. I spent like five years in Georgia. And guys, in June, July, August, it is hot in the deep south. <laughs> and as a golf professional, you're not allowed to wear shorts. You have to wear pants. So guys, it's so hot there. You know, it, it's like 100 degrees, and it feels like 110 because it's like 98% humidity. It's so humid and hot, you can see the water in the air, and you can, like, stick your finger in and, like, make cool designs and stuff. <laughs> Guys, and when, I, when, I, when I'm going out to t there to tee it up with my boys, it's not about who can shoot the lowest score. I mean, it, we're, it's about who can get to the next water cooler fastest. <laughs> Guys, we are desperate for water. It's that hot down there. And when you get to a water cooler, you get to it, and you fill it up. You're not drinking it. Guys, you're not really drinking it. I mean, you're pouring it down your shirt, and you're breathing heavily, and you get another cup, and you're pouring it on top of your head. Guys, it is, you're desperate for water. I'm telling you, this is what God, this is the children of God. We're desperate for righteousness. We're thirsting for it. We need it. It's, we make it our life's goal to purify ourselves. Purify. Guys, and, and we do it by the Spirit. Guys, you know, hungering and, and, and thirsting for righteousness it won't be quenched here. It won't be fully quenched here. 
guys, but you know, it won't be complete until we see Jesus face to face. When we see Jesus face to face, complete and full righteousness in God. That's the children of God. Guys, we should be taking incredible doses of joy in this assurance. Guys, this should motivate us to keep straight, to keep straight on the straight path. Guys, as children of God, we should be deriving just incredible amounts of joy because of this assurance that we have of being adopted into God's family. Guys, if you're not a child, this isn't like an us or them thing. If you're not a child of God, don't be discouraged. Don't walk out those doors with your head down. You're still alive. God is calling you. The gate is open. The path is there. His arms are wide open. He loves you. He loves you and he wants you deeply, badly. Don't be discouraged by this. If you are a child of God, if you're gaining some assurance in this, through this, if you're a child of God and you know it, don't be prideful. No, don't be prideful. Guys, this is a, a joyful privilege. It's a joyful privilege to be adopted into God's family, to be a child of God. And what God wants you to do, the love that he extends to you, there in verse 1, and then look down at verse 10, the end of it. The love that he extends to you, he wants you, he commands you. He's not asking. He commands you to extend it to others. That's it. Don't be prideful. Just love. Just love. Guys, because of our relationship with Jesus, we have a special relationship with the Father. We are children of God right now. Right now where you're sitting. Right now. Not sometime in the distant future. You don't become a child of God after you die. You know, and you might go to heaven. That's not when you become a child of God. You become a child of God right now where you're sitting. You walk out those doors. You go home. You're on your couch just chilling. You're a child of God. The kingdom is here, right now. The kingdom of God is here. Guys, this should move us in obedience, the straight path. This should move us in worshipful obedience of God for this gift. And it should just flood every area of our life. It should affect you know, our prayer life. It should affect how we relate to others. You know, it's, it should affect our sacrificial giving of our time and our resources to God's kingdom and his work. Guys, something, it's, it's, it's etched in my memory. I'll never forget it. Like, I'll crash band practice every now and then. My wife's in the band, and they'll have dinner sometimes, and I'll just go to mooch off the dinner. Um, but... I'll, I'll just be chilling, and uh, a couple band practices ago, like, I was just sitting right here, and they're, like, getting ready to play, and I'm just, like, I'm just sitting kind of, like, watching, a little bored, 
and Emma, Emma, and <laughs> Emma and Eloise, guys, these girls are right here. They're just like going in circles. They're just dancing. They're just dancing. I swear, I think Emma may have done like a triple axle sow cow. I mean, she got up on, I don't know if you remember it, but you got up on, you were like, you were like, got the like leg, leg lift going. I'm like, man, these girls, the joy in them was palpable. Palpable. That's the kind of joy we should have. We're never going to be eight years old again. Our hearts should be dancing in circles with joy because of what God's doing with, for us. Our hearts should be dancing in circles. Look at this kid. Look at him. I want to be that kid. Don't you want to be that kid? I mean, that kid is just chilling. Look at his face. There's so much joy going on in this picture. I don't want his Perry Ellis glasses. <laughs> I don't want his American Eagle button-down plaid shirt. I'm cool with that. Guys, I want that joy. Guys, that's a perfect representation of the joy that we should be feeling as children of God. Pray with me this morning. God, we humbly come before you, Lord, and we just praise you for, <laughs> for your gifts. God, we praise you for just being who you are. God, we live in a world where we, we, we have to, you know, we have to accomplish and succeed. We have to compete. God, we don't have to compete for you. You are there for us. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to accomplish anything to get the greatest gift of salvation and adoption into your family, God. And we praise you so much for this opportunity. God, I just pray that we all leave here today and go out into the week with this in mind that it penetrates our hearts, and, and we live like it. God, we relate with people like it. Our prayer life is affected, God, and our sacrificial giving to, of our time and our resources to your kingdom is enhanced, Lord, and that you instill in us a, a passion, a deep, desperate passion for righteousness that we can only obtain through a relationship with Jesus. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.